if you can get back to what you were planning to talk about after that. But that song is actually about the thing that I want to talk about this morning, which is, and there's a line in that song that says, how do we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Amen. And as we bring this kind of series that we've been on about the church and how do we see ourselves and what we're about and where do we fit in the world, the question I want to ask us this morning is how do we sing the Lord's song? How do we stay true to what God has called us to? How do we live out what it is to be the people of God in a strange land, in a land of exile, in a land that is not actually our home? And that's what that song is all about. Actually, the Israelites were carted off the Jerusalem and had been sacked. It had been destroyed. Many of the, uh, the key people had been carted off. And now they were in exile in Babylon. And actually, the, the song by Boney M is written. Uh, it, it, the words are taken out of Psalm 137, actually, where the Israelites are kind of um, m- sad and and hanging out together sad about the situation there, where everything that they hoped in seems to have been destroyed and they've been taken off. They're in exile in Babylon, in a, in a foreign land, a place that they don't recognize, that it's not their home. And they're, they're kind of going, God, what is going on with us? But actually, the Bible tells us that we too are in exile as God's people. That actually, the place that we inhabit is not our home. Amen. And I want to take us to uh, the prophet Jeremiah, who speaks right into this situation. He sends a letter to the exiles in Babylon who are away from their home, who are um, kind of completely, uh, I was going to say discombobulated. Is that actually a word? Is it? Is it a real word? By where they find themselves. And so in Jeremiah 29, it's probably quite a familiar passage to many of us. Uh, But these are the words of Jeremiah spoken right into the exiles who've been taken off uh, to Babylon. And they're struggling to work out how to live in this foreign land. So uh, Jeremiah 29 from verse 1. Have we got that on the screen? These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles. And to the priests, the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the eunuchs, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, the metal workers had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Alesa, the son of Shaphan and Gamaria, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It said, this is the words of Jeremiah, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they're prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. 
For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are complete for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. And the Bible is quite clear that like the Israelites in Babylon, actually all of God's people live in exile. That actually we live in a place that is not our home. And maybe it hasn't always felt like this, particularly in the West. There's been times where it's felt like being a Christian and being part of the church was actually maybe a more normal thing, an accepted thing. It was part of kind of what was normal society. But actually that throughout history has not been normal for God's people. The normal place for God's people is that they're in a foreign place. They're in exile. The Bible says we are exiles and strangers. We shouldn't, feel, we shouldn't expect to feel at home because we are from somewhere else. Actually, God has rescued us. He's adopted us into his family. Our home ultimately is with him. And so when we're in the societies that we live in, actually, we should feel not quite at ease. Not, something is not quite right. We're not quite at home. We will be one day. We have a promised hope with God on a new heavens and new earth, but right now we are in exile. We're exiled, we're strangers. John 17, Jesus' final prayer to his father, he says this, I do not ask that you take them, that is um, his disciples and us, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world. And then again, Peter, in his first letter, starts, uh, chapter 2 starts like this. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. So the Bible is pretty clear There's this picture of the Israelites in Babylon in the Old Testament, but equally in the New Testament, the picture is very clear that as God's people, we are not at home. And we shouldn't expect to feel at home. And, you know, we've, we've been hearing this morning of all sorts of ways in which people are unsettled in the circumstances of life, but actually as God's people, that is, that's normal for us in all sorts of different ways. And there's two temptations that the Bible talks about in terms of how we're to be when we feel this sense of being unsettled and not at home. And actually what the Israelites were doing in Babylon is that they were separating themselves. They weren't getting involved in society. They weren't getting involved in the culture. That's what the false prophets that Jeremiah refers to were telling them. They were saying, "Uh, don't worry, God's going to rescue you very quickly. Just keep yourselves to yourselves, batten down the hatches, everything will be okay. And Jeremiah says, no, it's not true. Don't separate yourselves. Actually, he says, I want you thoroughly involved in the community that I've placed you in. I want you thoroughly involved in this city, in the place where I've put you. And actually, God says, to the shock of the Uh, of of the Israelites, actually it was me who put you there. 
It was always my plan that you would be in this foreign place and that you would represent me there. The other danger is the opposite danger, which is that of assimilation, is that because we are amongst those who are utterly different from us, because we're God's people and we have his kingdom values and we live for him to obey him, actually, we forget that and we kind of just become the same as everybody else. We become the same as the society around us. That is the other danger. It's easy. We can separate ourselves off. We can say, no, we're going to be okay. It's just us, God's people. We won't worry too much about what's going on out there. Maybe we'll lob the odd grenade about things we don't like in society. Or we can just become accustomed to doing things the way everybody else around us does it. That's the easy temptation. But actually, God says, no, I don't want you to do either of those. As he speaks to uh, the exiles in Babylon, he says, actually, I want you to be utterly true to me, but fully immersed in the place where I've put you. So don't give in to the ways of the world around you. Don't become like them. Don't follow their gods. Don't do the things that they do. Actually, no, you're to be utterly different because you're my people. You please me. You obey me. You're like me. You're from somewhere else. Your home is elsewhere. My kingdom values are your values. But I want you to be thoroughly immersed in the place where I put you. I want you to build houses, plant vineyards, uh, get married, etc., etc. Live lives to the full, immersed in the society that I've put you in. And that is a huge challenge, isn't it? It's much easier to be separate, separate to, to do our own thing, to build up the church and feel like that's what we're about. But actually, the church is not here for its own, for, as an end in itself, for its own good in that sense. It's here that we might be a blessing to the place where God has put us. And that's what Jeremiah says. I want you to seek the welfare. I want you to seek the blessing. I want you to seek the shalom, God's goodness, God's thriving in every area of life. Every area. I want you to get thoroughly immersed in in the culture and yet stay true to God. What a huge challenge that is. I can hear Sam umming over there. That's because that's a lot of the conversations that we've been having about way that we're setting up this. Uh, 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 what do we call it even? A young person-led initiative. There you go. We're setting up to be to be to do this to be utterly true to God because He's called us. He's made us, and yet fully immersed and bringing blessing to the place where He puts us. And that is our that is our aim. That's what, we, uh, that's what we're about as God's people. And that we do, so not only do we have to navigate being true to God and yet, and, and yet fully immersed in the society that we're around, and yet at the same time we're, we're navigating our own challenges in life as well, aren't we? We've heard about that this morning. But you know, the challenge of being exiles, of being not at home in the place where God has put us. Do you know what? It does two things to us, I believe. And I think this is what the the season that we're in as God's people at this moment. And I feel like he wants to speak this to us. It actually does two things to us. The challenge of the place where where God has put us. It causes us to be dependent on God, as Julian said so uh, eloquently earlier. But it all, and also causes us to be dependent on one another. 
Because there's no way that we can be true to God, authentic, live for him, and yet be fully immersed in the culture around us unless A, we're dependent upon God and he is our rock. And we actually also are fully dependent on one another as God's people, that we're there for one another, that we're supporting one another, that as we're working out the challenges of the place where God has put you and me, and it's different for every one of us. So I can't come up with things to to tell you how to do this in many ways, because for every one of us, God's put us somewhere different, with a different challenge, with different people around us, with different crunch points and different tests for us. But boy, do we need one another in this. And do we need one another alongside one another saying, this is the situation I find myself in. This is where God's put me. This is a challenge for me as I try to represent him and yet try to bring the wealth, the the blessing of God to the people around me. And we need one another in that. We need to support one another. We need to pray for one another. That's what it is to be the people of God together seeking the blessing and the welfare of the city, of the place where God has put us. Amen. And, you know, some of the things that we're going through, and there's lots, there's lot, as we've heard earlier, there's lots of circumstances. There's things that we're crying out to God for in our own lives. And actually, do you know what? I believe that God is training us to be dependent on him and to be dependent on one another. And that is what will get us to the place where we're ready to really see the, break, the breakthrough of God. God is doing something in his church. We've talked about the pandemic and, and the, the shaking that it gave to us. And it... That shaking is not over in many ways, but what God is causing us to do is to dig deep roots into him, but also to discover one another as the church and what we need from one another to be alongside, to be praying, to be helping wrestle through the challenges of the places where God has put each one of us. And as we discover those things, God is preparing us and sharpening us and pruning us and getting us ready, I believe, for what he wants to do in the days ahead. Amen. And I think that's the place where he has got us right now. So he says, I want you to seek the welfare. I want you to seek the blessing of the city where I have put you. And maybe we think, oh my goodness, there's enough stuff going on in my life. Never mind that I should be here to seek the blessing of others. But our thing is we have a rock. We have a faithful one. As we pray for uh, Amir and Amin earlier, you know, there's, there's hundreds of others, thousands of others probably in the same situation who don't have God to go to and a people around them like this. And we're to be there for them or the church at large is to be. That's the challenge. And it seems so big, but God says, I'm raising up my people to be dependent on me to be faithful in the place where I've put them, to be learning what it is with one another, to be my people, to be the church, to be there for one another, so that I might be seen in the communities and the societies around us. The call is to join Jesus. Somebody referred to it earlier from Revelation. He says, I am making all things new. Amen. And the call to us is to join God in what he's doing. It's interesting, isn't it? At the end of Revelation, there's lots of promises about what what the future will be like, the future heavens and earth that is our inheritance, that is our hope with God on a new heavens and new earth where there will be no more suffering, no more crying, no more pain. That is the promise of God. That is the kingdom fully come. 
And at the end of Revelation, at the end of, of God's book, it says, I will do all those things. I will take away crying. I will take away suffering. I will take away pain. It's all future tense, except the one statement that says, and behold, I am making all things new. Already, that process has begun. I am making all things new. Amen. And how is that happening? It's happening as the people of God, full of the spirit of God, full of the presence of God, are out immersed fully in the culture, in the place where God has put them, representing him, joining him in making all things new, joining him in believing for a better future, because it's coming. It is coming. We're not going away to hover on a cloud one day. Heaven is coming to earth. Amen. He will make all things new. And that process has begun through his people. And though it seems so far from us because we're struggling in many ways with the things of day to day, God says, as you depend on me, as you learn what it is to be church, you find that I through you will begin in little ways in the places where I've put you to make all things new. And our job with Jesus is to imagine that and to pray for it. Imagine a better future because it's coming, because Jesus says, have every confidence, I am making all things new. We're to be, although we're in the struggle, we're to be incredibly confident about what Jesus is doing. He says, I am making all things new. And I want to do it through you. It's no different from the, uh, what Adam and Eve began as they got exiled, if you like, from the Garden of Eden with the fall, God said, I want you to fill the earth. I want you to fill it, govern it, subdue it. I want you to bring my presence by being dependent on me, by using the gifts, as we heard last week, with one another, releasing one another to, to bring the blessing and the welfare, to bring that making all things new into those places where God has put us. Amen. What an incredible thing. And I believe that God is calling us in these days to imagine that, imagine that future more, imagine God's future and to pray it into being and to believe for it. So of 10 years ago, there was a prophetic word that was brought to us. There's a couple of guys, prophetic guys who came to the church and you may have heard this mentioned. We mention it every so often. Um, and this was the word that came and I think it's so relevant to this from a guy called Marco, I can't even remember his surname, 10 years ago it was, I feel, he said, I feel that God wants to increase the imagine this level of this church. And what that means is that you'll be reaching out to heaven and imagine this, there will be healing for this disease. Imagine this, we would have money to fund this social project. Imagine this, if we could do this and change the crime stats in Swindon. Imagine this. And I feel that God is saying that there's favor for you guys to imagine. And I feel that God is saying that a lot of the prophetic comes out of the imagination. And I don't want to declare over you guys that there's a place for imagination, that there's a place for you to start grabbing the impossible to this earthly realm. That's ultimately what will happen, folks. I can see that there's going to be breakthrough for you guys for cancer. I want to declare that over this church and over disease. This church is made for the supernatural. Amen. I believe that. I believe that God spoke to that, that, that to us for purpose. And actually our job, as he kind of, 
as, as we come back to the blueprint of what it is to be God's people, that's why we're doing belong. We're not doing belong to say these are the rules for being in here. We're, say, we're doing belong that we might discover one another and release one another to be the bringers of blessing out there. Amen. And there'll be all sorts of roles, by the way. When I say out there, some of us will be more focused on things within the people of God. Some of us will... God has different jobs for all of us to do. But the, the, the call in this day is to see the church come alive, to discover one another, to discover the gifts, to, to encourage one another to be all that God intends in the places where he has put us. And that's where prayer comes in as well, by the way. In fact, let's have that other picture up. Some of you will have seen things like this. Um, over the years, that this the fame, the very famous verse from Jeremiah 29, where it talks about, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And, and, and a, 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 there's lots of frig, fridge magnets with this on, um, lots of diaries, lots of little notebooks and things like that. And it's, it's a great verse. And normally there's some beautiful scene like this. Um, and it kind of take, takes you away somewhere. To escape. But what we've got to understand is the context of this verse is as you understand that you're in exile, as you understand that actually in the midst of your struggle, I've placed you somewhere to because you're firmly your feet are firmly planted on the rock, I've placed you to be a blessing, to seek my to seek the shalom and the and the flourishing of the place around you. As you understand that mindset, as you join me in imagining what I will do as I begin to make all things new through you, as you do that, be know, make sure you know that I've got you. I, I know what I'm doing with you. I've seen the future. You're in my hands. Don't worry about that bit. You, you seek the blessing of the place where I've put you. It's in this context. Amen. And then he goes on to say, and when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. I want, to be I want to be found by you. I want you to seek me. I want you to come after me for, the, for the, the dreams that you have. I want you to come after me for the imaginings, the places where I put you, where you can see a different future. And that's your, that's your desire. I want you to come after me for that. And that's why I think at this moment, with what God is doing in the church, it's so key that we are those who are on our knees before God. Like this morning, crying out for a different future. And doing that with those where God has put us. Crying out that we would see the church rise up and bring in the, the, the blessing and the, the welfare and the shalom of God to the places where God has put us. But we need to pray. God's in the business of making all things new. This is what he wants to do, but we need to get on our knees before him and cry out to him like we never have done before as we imagine what he might do around us. Amen? And we've felt, you know, even just the last few times that we've begun to pray our monthly times together, we've felt a, a new urgency to pray. I mean, we have feeling that before, but as we've gathered, there's a new, there is a new buzz. There's a new level of faith, I believe, that actually God, no, God wants to do some stuff as we cry out to him. And so I want to call you, come next Sunday evening if you can, as we pray together. But as we start into the new year, we need to start on a, uh, on a, on a footing of prayer that we're seeking God, that we're saying, God, 
would you be amongst us? Would you cause us to rise up and be the church that you've called us to be? Would you cause us to bring the blessing in all the places with all the challenge that this brings to be authentic to you, but to be seeking the the welfare of those around us where you've put us? Amen. But know as we do that, God's got your back. Know as we do that, he knows what he's doing with you. And some of us are in the midst of all sorts of turmoil thinking, God, I don't even know what you're doing. But he says, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. But I want you to depend on me. And I want you to know that as I fill you, as you serve one another, as you release and recognize and encourage what God is doing amongst you, you'll see, I begin to make all things new around you. I begin to influence. And you'll see things change. You become the church of the supernatural that has been prophesied. Uh, I'm believing for that. I don't know about you. And God is doing something in these days. Um, And we need to pray. Amen. We're just about out of time, but I'd love just to pray for into this. This is kind of drawing to end this series of that we've been talking about the church. What is it? Who are we to be? There's a great call to us in these days to to live up to this picture that we see in the New Testament. It's why we're doing belong. It's why we're calling one another. It's why we're trying to release and recognize what God's doing in each of us that we might become this people. It's not about leaders. It's not about those with particular gifts. It's about every single one finding their place, being released, knowing the presence of God where in the places where God has put us in the week with our families, in our streets, saying, God, I imagine a different future as I cry out to you. That's what the church is to be. That's exciting, isn't it? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. So look, if, if, you, if there's something, or, uh, let me just pray for a couple of people or a couple of categories. It, it, if you're carrying some, something in your heart, even as I talk about imagining, and you say, I'd love, I'd love to see this with this person or in this area or in this thing that I'm involved with. God, this is what I'd love to see. Would you just stand with me right now and let's bring those things before God? Just quickly. It might, it'll be completely different things for different ones, but God say, this is what I'm imagining. This is where I want to see you make all things new in my life. It might be one person that you, that you say, God, I, I really want to see you impact this person. There may be some who are on just frontline places where you're like in the thick of what feels like the world. But, and, and it's hard to be authentic in terms of, 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 the, of the person that God wants you to be. That in itself is a challenge. How do, I, how do I get fully immersed and yet stay true to what I know God wants of me? If that's your struggle, could you just stand with me as well? I'd love to pray for you. And then there are those who are going to pray. And we, we, when we prayed the other evening, uh, we just talked about intercessors and those who know, yeah, God, you're calling me to something more in terms of prayer. You're calling me to intercede, you're, uh, maybe for the church or for particular things. You're calling me to, to dig into praying because there's more that I know you want to do. If that's you, if you, if you feel that call to pray, could you stand as well, please? I believe that it's a season where God is going to raise up intercessors as well. 
Now let's just, let, let's just lift our hands before God. Lord Jesus, we love you and we worship you. And Lord, we're here just to stand before you this morning and say, Lord, would you do something new amongst us? Lord, we feel the call to your church. We, we're excited as we look in your word and see what you intend for us to be as your people. And now, Father, I want to pray that you would come by your spirit with the anointing of heaven and the very the breath of God would, would come and breathe on each of my brothers and sisters standing before you now, Lord. Father, if you're just near one of these standing up, would you just, you don't have to ask anything, but would you just lay a hand, and just pray for the blessing of God. Come on, let's be active as God's people. If you're not, um, if you're sitting down right now, could you come and just lay a hand on somebody and say, God, would you bless, would you do all that you intend to do, all that you've put in their hearts, just the reason that they're standing, would you come and just seal this this morning? Father, I pray, pour out your spirit on each one. Lord, we say, come. Lord, we say, will you meet with us? Lord, we say, would you raise us up as your people? Lord, those who are struggling in frontline situations and want to know what does it mean to be faithful to you in this place? God, would you give them boldness and courage? Uh, and Lord, would you give them strength and just faithfulness to you, Lord? Father, for those who have dreams in their hearts, Lord, I pray that you bring them to birth, that there be a birthing over the days ahead, that you would bring them into a reality, Lord, that you would show them what it is to partner with you in, in beginning around them to make all things new in that little way where, where you've placed them, the dreams that you've put in hearts. Lord, we pray, breathe on the dreams that you've put in people's hearts, Lord, in, in these days. Lord, would they, would, they, would they spring into life in the days ahead? And Father, for those who would intercede and would get before you, and Father, I pray that you would do something of this in all of us in these days. Lord, would you create a hunger for your presence? Would you stir a passion to be close to you and to cry out to you? Would you teach us how to be those who pray and seek you, Lord, knowing that your promise is that you will be found by us? Father, I pray, come, stir our hearts, Lord, fill with your spirit right now. Let the anointing of heaven rest upon us as your body. Lord, I pray in these days as we go into this new year, Lord, would we as your people be all that you have intended for us to be? Father, raise us up, Lord. Lift our sights, Lord, even where we're struggling in life. And I pray that I pray for those who are struggling in circumstances right now, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, that you would lift sights, that you would meet needs and you would show uh, just what you want to do in, in around, even in our weakness as we're dependent on you, Father. Lord, let your church arise in these days, Father. Do the thing that we, uh, Lord, in our stumblings, we feel like you're on the move. We feel like, uh, as I heard somebody say this week, you're busy. God, you're busy. You're busy with your church. Be busy with us here, Lord. Cause us to be all that you intend us to be, Father, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.